0: What happens if you have a state ch- changes the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history.
1: That's your mind muddled President Joe Biden. I'm your humble, rumble YouTube Blaze TV host Dave Rubin. It is May 5th, 2022. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live streaming on the usual places. Do me a favor and subscribe if you have not. And Jesus, that guy is just absolutely the worst. We are gonna unpack that video and juxtapose it with Joe Biden from a year ago And uh, not only is Joe Biden a lot slower than he was a year ago, he looks a lot worse. I mean, the guy is becoming more and more decrepit right in front of our faces. He has gone from Mr. Unity to Mr. Uh, Eh, 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 where am I? But I'll tell you where I'm going to be, guys. On June 2nd, this year, less than one month from right now, I'm going to the belly of the beast right here in Florida. I'm going to Orlando with this guy. You might have heard of him, the governor, Ron DeSantis. That's right, Ruben. And DeSantis at the Plaza Live in Orlando, June second. I'm going to do my thing, my solo thing, little stand-up, a little messing with the crowd, a little bit of a talk uh, for about 40 minutes, and then the governor will join me on stage for an interview for another 45. VIP meet and greet, all that good stuff. You can go to daverubin.com/events if you would like to join us. Uh, we will be talking about Joe Biden today uh, and the one, I found one, we did a tremendous amount of research and I wanna thank you guys for all the research you did this morning, we found one sane Democrat. We did it, we did it, I lost a bet. We found one sane Democrat. Uh, We're going to be getting to all that. And then today, of course, because it's Thursday, is a Ruben Report. Locals, community, Q&A, and uh, we got a lot of good stuff. So I'm psyched for the show today. Real quick, I want to talk to you guys about ExpressVPN. You know, watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like going to a casino and only being able to play on the slot machines. Why limit yourself like that? The big money's somewhere else. Netflix has different content libraries for every country. Netflix has thousands of shows, but without a VPN, you can only get access to a fraction of that based on your location. Let you, you can change your online location, control where you want Netflix or other streaming websites to think you're located wherever you want to be. While using ExpressVPN, I've been watching all sorts of stuff. I mostly watch Seinfeld, but you can watch it from different countries too. That's pretty good. Uh, You just open up the app, select United States as your country tap one button to connect, and then when you refresh the page, it's right there. Why choose ExpressVPN over other competitors? You can gain access to thousands of new shows thanks to their servers in 94 countries, and you can stream in HD with zero buffering. So be smart, stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN, absolutely free. Okay, so we normally don't do a cold open and then I throw right back to that cold open, but I think it's worth mentioning once again because Joe Biden yesterday, he's just terrible. He's just terrible, he's a liar. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's, it's a little bit of a liar, a little bit of doesn't know what he's saying, a little bit of a prime political manipulator, and a little bit of just like a buffoon who reads whatever's put in front of him. Uh, but here is a bit of his response to what's going on with this Roe v. Wade reversal and how uh, mean the rest of us are.
0: What happens if you have a uh, state changes the law saying that that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history.
1: Now, did clean it up with recent american history otherwise he might have been talking about his own democrat party which of course is the party of slavery Uh, but putting that aside for just a moment uh first off it's just pure nonsense um some of the nuts and bolts parts of this uh, i mentioned this yesterday but in the alito brief that was released they specifically talk about how this decision is only effective to this abortion case, meaning Roe v Wade. It has no precedent related to any other case. That's number one. Number two, in terms of this, that they're gonna discriminate, uh, discriminate and not allow LGBT kids in classes with other kids. We already have anti-discrimination laws. We have the Equal Protection laws Clause. Um, you cannot do that. Like, it's completely against the Constitution. He's conflating these issues because this is all they've got. All they've got is absolute, ridiculous fear. You cannot discriminate against a student or a free citizen of this society based on the color of their skin or their gender or sexual identity. You simply cannot do it. It is completely against the Constitution as it is written. It is against the Bill of Rights. It's against all of of the laws that we have, but he knows that. And again, all that Roe v. Wade's reversal is doing is kicking it back to the states and most states are going to have abortion, right? Most of them, like Florida, which just passed this 15-week thing, which is a somewhat, doesn't matter what you think about abortion, that would be considered a compromise. Some people want nine-month abortions. Some people want no abortions. So, okay, 15 weeks. That's what Florida said to very little fanfare. And states are going to do that. I think the Florida model is going to be a somewhat moderate model that we'll see throughout, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 states. And then there'll be five or seven Uh, very red states that will do something more closer to what Texas is doing at six weeks, uh, or maybe no abortion except for the most extreme exceptions. And then there'll be blue states that will allow for 12-month abortions. You know, four months in, you don't like the kid, Gavin Newsom will come to your house and kill the kid. They'll decapitate him for you. Um, So that allows a plurality of opinion and all that good stuff. Uh, But the real reason I wanted to play that clip wasn't about the abortion part, it's what he said. The MAGA crowd is so extreme. The MAGA crowd is so extreme. I went uh, to MAGA Central last night. I went to Mar-a-Lago in West Palm Beach, Florida. It was the debut of Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, 2,000 Mules, which is uh, all about election fraud. And he lays out quite an interesting case. And I highly recommend uh, that you guys check out the movie, which I believe debuts tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. And it it was a who's who of right-wing mania from Larry Elder and Dennis Prager to Seb Gorka, and the orange man himself, Donald Trump, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Rob Smith, and Dave Rubin, and all of these scary people, and they were all there and everybody was kind of smiling and enjoying themselves I had a little bit of tequila. It's quite a nice evening. Uh, I mention that because uh, if the MAGA crowd is the most extreme in memory, or he's then filled, you know, he filled it in with recent memory, um, then, then we should be just fine because actually the MAGA thing or whatever the Republican Party seems to be morphing into instead of just a bunch of pet Republicans that go on MSNBC and get patted on the head and fed a cookie. Oh, can I have another? You know, these sort of Mitt Romney, do nothing, Liz Cheney losers. They're becoming people who actually fight back. They're becoming a new breed of Republican who stand up for what they believe in, who fight the system, the Ron DeSantis model. Uh, J.D. Vance just winning the Republican primary in Ohio. Blake Masters was there last night who's gonna win uh, the primary in Arizona, the Senate primary in Arizona. And Carrie Lake, who I had on the show a few weeks ago, who's running for governor and I'm pretty sure is gonna win governor in Arizona, um, these are people who are standing up and fighting Uh, and they're not extremists. They don't hate gay people, they don't hate women, they have beliefs and they're standing up for them. And because when you get a bunch of Republicans standing up for what they believe in, uh, that scares Democrats and they don't really have much to, to go on. There's not much, if you're a Democrat right now, you don't have much to go on, right? You can't be like, oh, well, the inflation thing and the supply chain thing and the war thing and the gas thing and the border thing, it could start getting weird. So you just have to go, they're extremists, they're racists, they're bigots, et cetera, et cetera. But all of that being said, you know, I like to give the devil his due. And I said, Dave, the Democrats can't be all insane. Can we find a Democrat, a sane Democrat? And I sent my people out this morning. I sent them out. We put the scent of an old Democrat on them. Put it right there. Then we said, find me a Democrat, a sane Democrat. And we actually did uh, find one sane Democrat. Uh, Oh, but you know what? We should show you the other piece, I guess, before we do that. So that was Biden uh, yesterday, right? That was Biden yesterday uh, saying that these people are evil and everything else. Uh, But now let's show you Joe Biden uh, the day after the election or when he finally accepted the nomination back in November of 2020, talking about how, uh, you know, we should all come together. It's a little bit different than Joe Biden of yesterday. For
0: all those of you who voted for President Trump, I understand the disappointment tonight. I've lost a couple times myself. But now, let's give each other a chance. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature, see each other again, listen to each other again, and to make progress we have to stop treating our opponents as our enemies. They are not our enemies. They are
1: Americans. All right, so that was Joe Biden about a year and a half ago. He was gonna bring us all together, right? And first off, also just look at him. He looks way, way healthier. Now, real quick, I already showed it to you twice, but one more time, this is Joe Biden yesterday.
0: What happens if you have a state ch- changes the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history.
1: I mean, putting aside the drivel and the lies and the nonsense and the fearmonger, I mean, just the way the guy has aged alone. I mean, he's, he's aged 30 years, right? Despite the facelifts and the hair plugs and the Botox and whatever they've done to his eyes and his teeth and the whole, like, they've done all of that. And he has just aged absolutely horribly. But anyway, putting all of that aside, I said, there must be a sane Democrat. Find me a sane Democrat. And gosh darn it, we actually found one.
2: It's worse than ridiculous, Sean. It is absolutely despicable and outrageous. When you look at the president of the United States of America calling millions of Americans essentially terrorists, people who politically opposed him or voted against him. He's calling them terrorists in an attempt to intimidate them into silence. And we know this is because we've heard this before from both him and his attorney general. You'll remember when when his attorney general said, you know, anyone who holds extremist or anti-authority views will be targeted for investigation and potential prosecution by their domestic terrorist unit. So, he's essentially saying that this quote-unquote MAGA crowd are worse than terrorists. Uh, This is outrageous. And, And so, for every American who's watching, every American who's seen this, no matter how you feel about the MAGA crowd, this is an authoritarian assault on our freedom. And we need to stand together very strongly against this attempt to intimidate and silence anyone who holds political views that are different from or opposed to what this president and his administration are furthering. This is an assault on our democracy.
1: All right. That's very exciting. A sane Democrat. Of course, she's a Democrat who Hillary Clinton said was a Russian asset, who the party completely kicked out of the way, who's no longer a congresswoman from Hawaii. And I don't know if she has a future in the Democratic Party or even in politics, uh, because politics is a dirty game and she's actually a decent human being. That's tough. But I did while she was talking, I wrote down, I'm going to come up with a list of sane Democrats, sane Democrat, Tulsi, and I put an exclamation point to really drive it home. There is one sane democrat very exciting all right before we get to uh the Q&A, I want to talk to you guys about relief band you know uh, is joe biden and the democrats disastrous policy making you nauseous that was a great segue did you know that one out of three americans regularly suffer from nausea i hate to say it but i'm getting older it's true and whether it's taking a road trip riding a roller coaster or even side effects for medications nausea is becoming more of a regular part of life if nausea is getting in the way of enjoying life it's imp- of life's important moments, I've got good news. You've gotta check out Relief Band. Relief Band's the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangover, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is relief band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. It's like the name says, it's legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and anxiety, and you can change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through relief band it's available to the masses plus the product's 100 drug-free non-drowsium provides all natural long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed and they just released their newest model relief band sport the sport is waterproof has extended battery life and you and can even attach to your apple or android watch don't let the fear of nausea prevent you from being present for life's important moments. Right now, you can join over 100,000 Relief Band users with an exclusive offer just for the Rubin Report audience. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Ruben, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. Remember, it's better to have a relief band and not need it than to need it and not have it. So head on over to r-e-l-i-e-f-b-a-n-d.com and use my promo code Ruben for 20% off plus free shipping. And now back to me. All right, Ruben Report, locals Q&A, here we go. Anya says, after your visit at Mar-a-Lago, what do you, who do you think will be the best candidate for president now? So Trump came out before the movie and he talked for about 20 minutes. And I have to say, it's good seeing the guy. And you know, he gets out there, he's got a couple zingers, there was media there, and he makes fun of the media, and he's given shout-outs around the room, and Rudy was right up front, and you know, all the all the usual cast of characters was there. You know, he was he was really focused last night because of the movie and the, the purpose of the movie, which was election fraud. Trump was really focused on election fraud. I think what Trump and the Republicans are gonna have to figure out is is that a winning ticket? Uh, now, you can argue it either way. It's like, if you really believe that there was fraud and the movie does make quite a case, and I hope you will see it. I hope you will see it and make a judgment call for yourself. And I probably should get, let's get Dinesh on to, to talk about the movie. Um, then Then Trump has to solve some of the stuff if he's gonna run, right? You can't say, oh, they stole the election from me. They do all this stuff. Here's all of the stuff they do, but I haven't fixed any of the stuff or we haven't done anything to stop it from happening again, so I'm just running again. Then it doesn't really make sense to run again. The other issue that Trump is gonna have to address, and I say, again, I say this as somebody that, that likes Trump, um, is you know if he runs, you take a pretty depressed Democrat base because everything is so whacked out right now, and you fire them up because like 5 million people probably vote who wouldn't vote otherwise just because they hate Trump. So that's just a reality that he has to figure out. And, and I think he's, he and his people probably are thinking what they have to do with it. The real question is where does DeSantis fall into this? It feels like it's DeSantis' moment. He's he's been by far the best governor in the United States. I would argue in many ways he's been the real president and the real leader of the country uh, for the last two years. He's the model for how this whole thing is supposed to work, and uh, you know he's got to win this thing in Florida, his own reelection here in November, and then and then from there, if he can really really solidify the state, if the state looks freaking strong, and it feels like it's going in that direction, like Florida really is going going the right way, then maybe he wants to make the move. But I can also say this. I've met him a few times and, and he loves Florida. Like he really loves Florida. That's not to say he doesn't love America, but he loves Florida. I don't know that he has ambitions beyond that. Uh, you know, also his wife just recovered from cancer. She's fully recovered. Thank God. Uh, and they have two young kids. Like he may not want to be in, in the mix. I don't know. However, I will be sitting down with him on June 2nd in Orlando, and perhaps I will ask him that very question. But that's gonna be the decision that the Republicans are gonna have to make. Could there be a sit down between Trump and DeSantis? Could Trump be the bodyguard or sort of the linebacker and let uh, DeSantis run right through as the running back? Like there's, there's questions out there, but either one of them would obviously be far better uh, than Dementia Man and the crazy lady. Uh, Pete says, are you going to miss boomers when we're gone? <laughs> um, well, first off, you know, even though I make fun of Joe Biden and I make fun of Nancy Pelosi uh, and some of these people, and I talk about their age, it's not because I don't respect old people. I, I've actually always loved old people. I really do. I've, I always had great relationships with my grandparents and great-grandparents. I had, two, I had a great-grandfather longer than I had a grandfather. Um, I, my favorite show is The Golden Girls. I've always loved old people. You can learn a lot from old people. Old people have been through it and they might know a little bit of something, right? Um, the boomer generation is interesting. My parents are boomers, obviously, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. The boomer generation is interesting because they're, they're seemingly hanging on too long to the power thing, right? You want people to live a, a long, hopefully health, uh, healthy, actualized life, hopefully well into their 80s, 90s, et cetera, and, and beyond if they can do it in, in a you know, decent capacity. Um, the set of people at a political level that are hanging on need to let go. And I don't know if that's because science has extended lives, maybe it's because social media has made everyone feel younger or more connected or something, but these people need to go away. So I would separate just the average person, my aunts and uncles and my parents, who I love, who are good boomers, who are great people, who I hope stick around for a long time, versus the political class of boomers who just have to get out of the way you don't have to go home but you can't stay here you gotta get out of the way and make room for say some of the gen xers to finally take charge like this was this transition was supposed to happen 10 years ago and you guys have stuck around for too long i mean really I, like the pelosi thing is so interesting because i also think there believe it or not are differences between men and women and the idea that nancy pelosi at 80 something years old with all the money she has and everything else that she's running for re-election again I don't know, can we see how many grandkids does Nancy Pelosi have? It's like however many she has, whether, whether it's one or nine, um, it's like, go be a grandmother, lady. Go be a grandmother and, and enjoy the kids and cook and do whatever, it is, what, do whatever it is you do, but why do you feel the need to get dressed in your pantsuits and put on the ridiculous makeup and make your eyebrows higher and higher and talk to people about how they should live their lives? She has nine grandkids. But she'd rather be out there, uh, you know, controlling your life than spending time with her own grandchildren. I suspect they don't like her very much. I mean, imagine seeing Nancy Pelosi like late at night, grandma babysitting you, and she walks into the room and she smells like booze. Ah, the children, the children. Asa says, when I was younger, I was pretty hardcore pro-choice. That changed for me when I heard my oldest heartbeat and saw his sonogram for the first time. I thought I was miscarrying my youngest at 16 weeks and I panicked thinking I was losing my baby. I do not think there should be an outright ban on abortion, but I am, but I am fine limiting uh, to the first trimester. Wondering if seeing the sonograms for your babies has affected your thinking. Well, I've talked about this a little bit and I wrote about it in both books. Um, you know, going through the process of all of this and literally seeing the moment the sperm meets the egg and that a day later they can tell you if it's a male or female. And then seeing the sonogram and seeing cells divide, and then eventually it's starting to form. And then you see the beginnings of what look like a human being because it is a human being. And then seeing brain activity and and the heartbeat appointment and all of these things, you know it's real, you know it's real. So your experience that you're describing right there, it's like everyone that's had a kid has gone through that, not necessarily, you know, when you do it through IVF, you're obviously seeing things a lot earlier. Um, That's just how science works. Um, because and also you know you know what 's happening much earlier often people get pregnant they don 't know about it. they may not know for two months even so you can see a lot more um, but what you 're talking about about the compromise there is the interesting unsaid thing, and it 's what i 've been trying to explain to people about this roe v wade thing it 's like this isn 't really about abortion exactly it's it 's hard to really understand that because it 's hard to see uh, it 's hard to see the full picture here because everyone is so crazy right um this is really about states' rights, that you would just give the opportunity for people in states to decide what they want to do. And then if you don't like it, you can either move, or if you want to have a medical procedure done in another state, then you can go do it. And then people like Gavin Newsom and rich Hollywood celebrities can pay for other people to come to their states and have abortions if they think it is so wonderful. Uh, But I really believe this, that even though I know tons, 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 and perhaps most of my audience at this point is, is pro-life and is not for abortion. When you have sit down private conversations with people, most people that I've talked to, even some people that wouldn't want me to say it publicly, so I'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus, understand that there is a difference between a few weeks in and that, that cells dividing versus the human form versus the heartbeat and all of that. And that's not to acknowledge that obviously the sperm eating the egg, like that's the beginning of life, it is, there has to be a beginning. If there's a beginning, that's the beginning. Um, but that there's a difference between the cells dividing and the blastocyst and say, six, eight, 10, 20 weeks in. The bill that the Democrats are pushing right now, literally right now, uh, that Chuck Schumer is pushing is for unlimited abortions at any time due to the physical or mental health of the woman. So that means that a woman eight months pregnant who's suddenly freaking out could have an abortion with a perfectly healthy fetus. Uh, These these are the extremists. It's not the Republicans right now who are the extremists when it comes to abortion. I will give the Republicans a little bit of a tip here. If you wanna get some wins here, maybe what Republicans should be doing is start funding some things privately, not through the government, so that let's say there is a woman out there who's on the fence about the abortion, but she's also very concerned that she doesn't have the resources to take care of this baby. So she's leaning towards having an abortion. There could be more funding, private organizations that say, hey, we will help you get through the pregnancy and we will do our best to find a safe, a happy home for that baby. Now, there are some organizations that do that, but if there was ever a time to double down on that, say, hey, we will put our money where our mouth is. We don't want these babies killed. We will do more to let you get that baby to term and then take care of that baby in life. Like that would be something, that would be something. Uh, but right now it's the Democrats who are the extremists on this. It's not the Republicans. Uh, if, uh, Ben says, if you could get Bill Maher to understand one thing, assuming you're ever allowed back on his show, what would it be? Well, back, you say back on his show. I've never been on the show. They've canceled me three times on real time. Uh, I was booked three times. They've canceled me three times. And then I was supposed to be on his new podcast twice and they've canceled me twice. I think they just kind of string me along so that I'm not too mean to him here. I've kind of just had it. Like I, I honestly don't, I just don't care that much anymore. Like I'm doing my thing. I like what I'm doing. If I cross paths with them, great, like you guys know my feelings about the guy, um, if I could get him to understand one thing, I mean, it would basically be, uh, dude, you got to the end of liberalism, and at the end of liberalism is the sane conservative, or go backwards and go backwards and still believe that everyone's racist, uh, you know still still call for a recession when it's Trump in office, and then and then be upset that there's a recession now when it's the guy you voted in um, th- at the end of at the end of where these liberals get is either a really confused, miserable person or someone who just ends up repeating conservative talking points two years later. I guess I got to the end of the road and, uh, and that's why a lot of liberals that would talk to me five years ago won't talk to me anymore. And that's just fine, that actually is completely fine. I didn't get into this for friends. My best friend to this day is my buddy, John, who's my tour manager on the, uh, on the tour. Uh, we met the first day of kindergarten uh, and I've got other friends and so that's just fine. And I've got new friends out of this whole thing. Um, so, you know, people move on, it's all good. But Mar, it's just like, man, get there already. Like, get there. I, I just know enough of these people and I know what they believe privately, but it would be very hard, as I've said many times, it would be very hard for a guy like him to be like, hey, yes, I've been screaming about liberalism all these years, but uh, the truth is that uh, I have to vote Republican to save liberalism. It's like, it's just a bridge too hard for, for a Hollywood guy. Uh, Taylor, says, I talk daily with my 92-year-old mother who believes everything she hears on CNN and MSNBC. While we don't talk much about politics, there's a very large, angry thing between us. It's awful, awful, awful. How do you manage with your loved ones? This is like the toughest one, right? It is the toughest one. We all have versions of this in our own families and with friends and everything else. And it's why knowing what you think and trying to calmly explain things to people is so important. But, but more than that, there are things that are more important than politics. And that's why as politics has become cult-like and it's become religion for people and they wake up and just it's endless politics, you know, um, it makes people crazy. Politics is a really dirty game. It's a, it's a game about how to manage people and people think all sorts of different things. And we have to have some political system that exists, so we're not total anarchists, right? You need something, um, and if, but if you only believe in that instead of believing in something bigger than that and, and something that has existed long before us and that will ex- exist long after than us, you, you're gonna go nuts, and, um, and, and that's why the obsession with politics, you know, I see this with a lot of people, that no matter what, they always wanna talk about politics. I even have friends and people in my life that I don't want to talk politics with, or I can do it for everyone wants to talk politics with me, right? Wherever I go, people want to talk politics. I go to a dinner party, people want to talk politics. I, anywhere I go, people want to talk politics. I can always do it, and I enjoy the hell out of it often. And it can get very heated, and I enjoy that, or we'll agree on stuff, and that's fine too, whatever it is. And I can do it in big groups and small groups and all that. Um, but I don't need to do it all the time. And I always go out of my way to tell people, you know, we don't have to just talk politics. We, whatever you want, we can talk about sports, we can talk about music, we can talk about kids, we can talk about gardening. We can talk about literally anything. Um, but this obsessive need to whittle down everything to politics is, and it's also something that is much, it's much more a part of the leftist mindset than it is a conservative mindset. That's for sure. When I was part of the left, everything whittle, came down to politics always. This, because it's about controlling people. So, and and that, that desire for control will make you focus on it all the time. Conservatives more broadly, they don't want to control people as much. And because if you don't want to control people that much, if you understand that people are a little bit different, and if you understand that the government is not supposed to own everybody, um, you're okay with more differences. So when I've had you know, dinner parties with 20 people, let's say more conservative leaning people, it's like we're talking politics, but we're laughing the whole time. We're laughing and we're having a blast and we're making fun of each other when we have differences. But if you do that with a bunch of liberals, it's people storming out of the table. It's people slamming their glasses down and leaving early and yelling at each other. I know you all know this. We all know this. So I, I, I'm sorry you're going through it. It's, and, and, you know, your mom's up there in years and there's a limited amount of time left. And um, do your best not to, I mean, just change the channel or cancel her cable. Cancel her cable. That's what you got to do. Get her watching the Golden Girls instead of CNN. Nothing good is coming out of that. Uh, Ashlyn says, Dave, what will be the ribbon or color that everyone will start wearing to protest Roe v. Wade? Cue the Iranian flags being, t- being taken down and replaced any day. Right, we had the, everyone had to post the black image for BLM. Then everyone had to post the uh, Ukrainian flag for Ukraine or the blue image. What will it be for Roe v. Wade? I don't know, like a pin of like, just like a six month aborted baby. Is uh, that too, too much? Too much. Move on. It's just pink and bleh. Uh. Peter says, did David's cooking change after moving states? I mean, ingredients and cuisine must be different in Florida. What do you think of it so far? Had a grilled alligator yet? I will tell you a, one uh, pain point that we're having here in Florida, which is that our house is located in an area where we don't have natural gas. They don't have natural gas on the streets. So our stove is electric and chefs, ask any chef that you know or any, if you watch any cooking show or anyone that loves to cook, everyone loves a gas stove, right? You wanna turn on that fire. You wanna really be able to control that fire. Even me, David loves to cook, but I do enjoy cooking. But even for me, like to be able to control a fire properly is such a key piece of cooking, right? You're sauteing something and you can see the flame. So we have an electric stove. So, you know, an electric stove, it's just like, it's sort of like that glass panel and it just gets super hot. It's a little harder to control. I know some people like it and there's a simplicity to it or something, but it's not like the full thing that that chefs generally like. So actually we're in the middle. The guy was here this morning. Uh, we're trying to figure out a way to get a propane tank here, like put underground so that we can replace the stove and get a gas range because he hasn't been enjoying cooking as much. So he's he's kind of eased up on that, but he's working on a lot of house projects and you know we're trying to build nurseries for the babies and a whole bunch of other stuff and just get life in order so that we can uh you know have expand this family and do it in a in a functional way. Our house is kind of modern so it's very there's a lot of sharp corners everywhere. Apparently I've been told babies don't like sharp corners and a lot of stairs, so we got to soften up this place a little bit. Um so he's been cooking a little bit less actually. Uh but if for those of you that follow on locals, I mean I love this uh big green egg smoker. So I'm smoking things left and right whether it's steaks or salmon, or lamb. Uh, we've been doing a little more pasta and salads and all that kind of stuff. But once we get the stove in, he'll, he'll get back to it. And no, we have not had alligator yet. I did once have frog frog's legs. I thought it was chicken fingers. Turned out to be frog's legs. That was in uh, Texas. Uh, Freebird says, does it seem to you that anytime, we're in, uh, anytime we middle-of-the-road Americans get any glimmer of hope that something will pull us as a society back to something close to normal, Something else happens. We come out squinting from our COVID hibernation cave to find Ukraine. We cautiously celebrate Elon Musk and right away SCOTUS scandal. There have been many such instances in the past several years. Is it a coincidence? Am I paranoid? I don't think you're paranoid. And I've been trying to make a point of that. That's why I keep saying, how does the machine always stay one step ahead of us? That's why I always say, you gotta give the devil his due. This thing always keeps us in it. Even if you think about, think about the two weeks before I went out on tour so I wasn't in studio. It was like we had win after win after win, whether it was DeSantis taking out Disney and really exposing the nonsense of the the gender crew, right? Uh, Whether it was Elon Musk getting Twitter, uh, whether it was Judge Mazzell Uh, flipping the mask mandate, Uh, this 35-year-old Trump-appointed judge that no one had ever heard of. And then suddenly everyone just takes off their masks and things start getting back to normal. We had all these wins and things were feeling really good. As I've been saying, we're in this post-woke world. I really still think we are. And it doesn't mean it's not going to have growing pains, but we are there. But you're right. Then suddenly out of nowhere, out of nowhere, abortion and Roe v. Wade just gets thrown on top of all of us. And we're now staring at that. We're all looking at that instead of looking at all the other stuff, whether it's the bad stuff, inflation, supply chain, blah, 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 or whether it's all the good stuff that I just referred to. We're all just now focused on abortion. You've got all the people angry again. You've got the base starting to get out in the streets again and you can feel the anger and the the temperature going up. And it's like, man, the temperature was actually going down. There was a relief. People were smiling again on airplanes, like things were happening. The machine does weird things, and I think we really, really, really got to figure out who did this leak. How? What were their connections with Politico and this journalist and everything else? Like, is barely a day and a half has gone by since this thing leaked. Almost no one's talking about the leaker anymore or the hunt for the leaker. This is this is an extraordinary escalation. You, if we are to have a society that has any respect for laws and rules, which is what a society is, you cannot do this. You you just simply cannot do this. Um, it's cheating at the ultimate level. You know what I mean? Like, it, it would be like, you know, being a baseball pitcher and, and scuffing the ball. You, you just can't do it. You can't do it. And if you do it, you need you can't play anymore. It's as simple as that. You've, you've sullied the game. And that's what this person has done. And they did it for, for political purposes. And it's just fairly obvious to me they, they did it uh, to distract from what the Democrats are doing. And the silver lining, however, is that it seems like they may have done it a little bit too early, right? The midterms are still in November. They've got everybody ginned up now and you can, you can expand and extend rage and outrage. You can do it for a while and people can be out on the streets and angry and everything else. But I don't know how long Elizabeth Warren can scream like that. I don't know how long Joe Biden can lie like that. And, and the more that they go crazy on abortion, literally, as I said, they're pushing for an eight and nine month abortion bill right now. That's what they want federally. Who are the people that want to control you? The people who would just want to kick it back to the States and let you decide, or the people who are demanding, demanding that anyone could just get an abortion at any time, which we all know. I mean, I showed you the poll yesterday from MSNB freaking C, 80% of people don't want third trimester abortions. Um, But this is what the machine does. I don't know what that is. So I don't think you're a conspiracy theorist, unless you think I'm a conspiracy theorist, in which case we're all conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. Except two years ago, everyone who was a conspiracy theorist turned out to be right. Um, So I don't know what that is. I don't know how it all works. You know, it's like we have all these pieces of the puzzle but we don't know how to put it together fully because we don't know what the puzzle looks like. Um, But the best we can do is stay sane, be a little bit better than them and keep fighting for what we believe in. But yes, there will be more twists and turns because I think that this thing is just done too early. It's done too early and not to put like total fear of everything in you. uh, But one of the things that Trump was talking about last night was how he focused mostly on the election, as I said, uh, but then he was really talking about how Russia would have never happened under him, that you know, people kept saying he was colluding with Russia, but Russia did absolutely nothing under him, and, and there was peace, and you know, we were talking to North Korea and all of these things, uh, and he repeatedly said how uh, Putin has been, how he keeps saying, hey, you know, I've got nukes, I've got nukes, I've got nukes, and it's like, man, long time to the election, like, I'm not putting that out in the ether. I'm just saying like, there's just the system does weird things to keep the system going. Watch the matrix. CS Cooper says, I recall you mentioning an Australia international tour. Is that still in the cards? I'm keen to hear your stand up in person. Uh, I don't think we're going to do an international thing. Maybe in the fall. I don't think we can do it till then because when I get back, I leave next week for the West Coast tour. And then I just need a little bit of time at home before before the babies and uh, just to get life in order and everything else. Uh, and I, we've only got a couple weeks left. So I think maybe we can pull off something in the fall. It was also very hard to organize the tour because of masks and vaccines in certain countries. I'm, I'm unvaxxed. Can I say that? I can say that. I'm unvaxxed. So I didn't want to create a whole situation. So that was going to be tricky. Uh, but I will tell you, I've freaking loved being out on the road again and making you guys laugh and getting out there and doing the one second hug and everything. Uh, the remaining shows, by the way, they're all like 90% sold out. A couple tickets at each one. Uh, and of course the big one is June 2nd in Orlando, uh, with Ron DeSantis. Uh, Dragon says, I'm planning on attending the Oxnard show. That's with Larry Elder. Got VIP tickets. Pretty pumped to meet you as well, sir. Which of the major themes of the book will you and Larry be focusing on? You know, I swear to you, I do a different show every night. So I, I try not to plan it until really about five, 10 minutes before I'm sitting in the green room and you know people are there and you can kind of feel the energy in there. And then I just kind of have like a moment, basically. Uh, I'm just kind of sitting in the green room. Michael's usually in there. He's got a binder. You have a binder. I don't, I don't even know what's in the binder, but he's usually flipping through papers and doing something. And I'm kind of sitting there. I have a little bit of iced coffee before I go on stage. And then I just kind of figure out what I want to do. I usually, I have like some kind of opening line to go out there with if something happened that day or if I just, you know, I peek out into the crowd and I can see what's going on or something like that. Um, but I mess around with the crowd for a while. I do my thing. We do some giveaways. It's a little bit of stand up, a little bit of lecture. And uh, I think, you know, with Larry, you know, obviously we will dive into that moment. We will dive into that, that very famous black conservative destroys libtard moment uh, from many years ago and probably talk about how our paths, you know, Larry always tells me every time I see him, he's like, Dave, you're not, everywhere I go, people always say, I found you, Larry Elder through Ruben. And I'm like, Larry, everywhere I go, people say, Ruben, I found you through Larry Elder. And like our paths then moved together. And how cool that, you know, five years after he smacked me down about systemic racism, like I was opening for the guy as he was running for governor of California. Like what, a, what an awesome story that is. That's, that's a cool story. If there were any actual journalists left in America, like what a cool story that is about how we, we these two separate people who, by their definition, should have nothing in common, how we sort of came together and, and a friendship and, and, a, and then a governor run and all of this stuff. And then one of us fled Cali. One of us is still fighting for Cali. Like, that would be something to, to write a book about. I guess I guess I could write a book about that. Do I have anything happening tomorrow? You are an author. I, I am an author. I'm a guy like me. All right, we'll see. Anyway, it'll, it'll be different every night. We shall see what happens. So that's Oxnard. Uh, the night before, I'm in Brea with uh, Mr. Dennis Prager. Uh, Margo says, besides your annual August vacation, are you planning any downtime before the munchkins arrive? Seems like you've been going nonstop and you could probably use some quality rest, uh, before then. Well, everyone keeps telling me I'm not going to sleep anymore when these babies arrive. Um, you know, I'm a pretty early riser. Uh, I usually am up at about 7am and my, my day has begun and I'm ready to roll. You know, I loved being out on the road. This, this eight shows, eight cities, eight night thing. I loved it. I tried to, you know, on the planes, I'm pretty good about taking a little nap. So I was not tired during any of it. I tried to hit the gyms in the morning. I even had a two day gym operation one day. Uh, We basically eat right because, you know, the shows are at like seven, eight o'clock. So I have a light dinner around five. I never drink before a show ever, ever period. And by the time the show's wrapped up after the meet and greet and everything, you know, it's like 11, 12 o'clock. So I'm not, you know, maybe I'd have a drink after one or two nights we went out for a drink. But you know, I'm not eating after that. So I feel like diet-wise, I felt good. I was able to, you know, sometimes I'll try to take a little nap in the afternoon if possible. But I, I felt like a million bucks when I came home. I really did. And I loved every second of it. And I'm looking forward to, to getting back out there. So no, uh, we'll do the off the grid August thing again. But uh, baby number one comes in August. So this is gonna be a little different than usual, I suspect. Uh, I will have to have some kind of phone situation. I have an old iPhone that we've removed all the apps from. That can operate maybe just as a phone so that you know i, I can reach uh, someone on a phone call or a text or something like that even though i don't even want to look at any of the things in august but this is a little bit different this time uh, but no we have no no plans beyond that just we're really just trying to get the house in order and fix up some things here we got uh, we got painters here today they're painting a nursery in the other uh, the other wing over there uh yanis says are you still considering adopting a second dog oh man I hope your home is filled with more love than ever before with all the new additions to your family. I think we're on Operation pause on second dog. You know, it's funny. Someone asked me that on a Q&A a couple of weeks ago and I, I like blurted out out of nowhere. I was like, ah, maybe we'll get a second dog. Uh, David came up to me later in the day and said, we are not getting a second dog. He said, you do know we have two children coming. Um, Clyde could use a friend. He's, he's been, I've told you, he's been a little nutty around here with the lizards and the iguanas and the snakes and the peacocks. He's, he's sort of nuts. Our, our trainer is actually downstairs right now uh, working working him. Um, so he could use a friend to like get some of that extra energy out. But I think a second dog at the moment is probably, probably a bit much. Uh, Carol says, do you plan on attending the NatCon set for Miami? I attended last time only because you, Douglas Murray, Glenn Lowry, and Carol Swain attended Um, You know, I didn't even know when is the next one. When is the one in Miami, NatCon Miami? Um, I will gladly go if they invite me. And actually, I just interviewed a day or two ago Yoram Hazoni, uh, who has written a new book all about the ideas of national conservatism. Uh, We're going to put that up in a week or so. You know, we taped it for when I go back out on the road. Uh, I'm being told it's October 31st to November 2nd, which is actually exactly the same days it was last year. Um, and if I'm invited, I, I would be happy to go. And what they're really trying to do at NatCon is much of what I talk about on this show. Can you... Can, oh, that was last year's dates? I was going to say, it's a little odd that it's the exact same dates. We'll see if we can get the dates. Uh, but what they're trying to do at NatCon is, is say, can all of us who are anti-woke, can we create a movement? What does that movement look like? Can the religious conservatives exist with the ex-libs and the libertarians and all of this stuff? Can that thing hold? I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I discussed this with Douglas Murray in our interview that we put up last week. It's like, that is a tough thing to do. We can all sort of get together right now and be like, defeat the woke, but then we're going to have all sorts of problems on the other side. So we may as well start talking about those problems now. That's why I was so proud To be there, and and Peter Thiel opened up the conference, and then some of the people you mentioned were there. It was just great. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm being told it is September 11th to 13th uh, of uh, this fall. So yeah, I'll see if if they invite me, I will go. Ron says, "How do you think we as regular citizens can push back on the banks and their initiatives?" I think mostly what you're referring to is this ESG stuff that Glenn Beck. Has been talking about this is what his whole book, in many ways, The Great Reset, is about. That we're going to have these social credit scores. I mean, this stuff is coming. It is coming, and depending on how you behave, and what you protest, and what you don't protest, and what you say about the government, and all of these things, it seems that these corporations are going to be giving us scores, and depending on your score, might affect your ability to get a mortgage. It might affect your ability to. Uh, get a loan for a car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of things. It might affect your ability to rent an apartment. If the building doesn't want, you know, if your score, your your social score is too low, they may not want you in there. Um, It's dangerous stuff. And I think the best thing we can do is, I don't know that we can fully stop it from happening at the existing institutions. It seems they've been infected the way they've been infected by wokeism, but what we can do is build new things. And that's what we've been doing. That's what we're doing with Rumble. Uh, that's what all sorts of people are doing. I mean, that's what Bitcoin is all about. That's what decentralization is all about. Um, I would say diversify a little bit. You know, I go a bit into finances in do in This Country. I'm a big believer in things that you should put most of your money into things. So I like putting money into real estate. I just think we've made some good moves related to houses uh, because I believe if you own something, I like paying my mortgage. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but when mortgage rates are low and I know they're getting worse right now, But if you get a low mortgage rate, when you are paying your mortgage every month, you're basically paying yourself. And then you're paying a tiny bit of interest on top of that. But hopefully the goal is that when you sell the house, you're getting all of that money back, plus the profit that you make on the house, right? So I I just believe in things more than just sort of investing in a gajillion other things. I don't do that. Obviously I put a lot of my sweat equity and some of my money into locals, which then merge with Rumble. Um, but in terms of the bank specifically, um, you know, people are going to now smaller credit unions and not doing everything with Citibank and Chase and everything else. Find a bank that's a little more in line with your values. Um, I don't want to sit here and endorse any specific bank, um, but there, there are ways to do it. There are ways to do it. But you really got to think it, you got to think it clearly. It's weird. We're in this, we're, we're, we're watching the end of an old world and the birth of a new world. And that's what so much of this is about. Uh, you know, for for the question earlier about the conspiracy theory stuff, it's like, it feels like there's this evil thing moving on us at all the time, uh, at all times, but perhaps this is just the natural function of an old world dying and a new world being born. So that's why it feels so crazy. Maybe it's not all totally coordinated by something that I don't really understand or we don't know what it is or the World Economic Forum. Like maybe it's just the collapse of old things and a certain set of people aging out and a new world that was uh, that is starting and it was more connected to people that were younger when the internet was in its early stages and, and that these things are colliding with each other and that's what's causing so much of the chaos, uh, but that there will be new banks. I mean, there really will be. There will be new banks, there will be decentralized wallets and, and a whole bunch more. Um, Kathy says, Phoenix, roll with me. Uh, which will be worse for the left, Roe being overturned or Trump's return to Twitter. Well, look, the Roe thing is happening short of this leak causing such upheaval that potentially John Roberts, I suppose, flips his decision. Um, and perhaps that's why this thing was leaked. So the, it does sound like Roe is being overturned. I really, really hope that calmer heads prevail in this and that people realize what the decision was And that that abortion itself is not a constitutional right, but that has nothing to do with where we started today's show that suddenly you'd be able to discriminate uh, uh, against people because of their sexuality or because of their skin color or as that farting moron, Eric Swalwell, who slept with a Chinese spy, yes, it's true, Google it, said that the next thing they'll be coming for is interracial marriage. These people are complete maniacs. So I do hope that, that calmer heads prevail on that. Uh, so which will be worse left Roe being overturned or Trump's return to Twitter? Well, look, Trump is saying he's not going back on Twitter. Uh, Trump is saying he's going all in on Truth Social. You know, he has this company, DWAC, behind it, which, you know, they're they're doing a SPAC. I don't want to get too into all the, how the SPAC works, but it's basically like a holding company that leads your company uh, to go fully public. So he's got all of this money and his investors that have gone in on DWAC and it and it, its stock price went crazy high. So if he was to somehow back out of that, it would create a lot of problems for a lot of people around him. So my guess is he's probably just gonna do the true thing. The question also is, does he end up running? Does he not run? Like, is he gonna be more of a businessman in the future? Is he gonna be more of a voice? Is he gonna be a politician? All of those things. But which would make them all crazier? There is nothing on this world, as much as they love dead babies, there is nothing in this world that would make them crazier than Donald Trump's return to Twitter. So we shall see. Uh, guys, real quick reminder, I will be in Orlando with the gov, the gov of America, Ron DeSantis on June 2nd. You can get tickets at DaveRubin.com slash events. I'm pretty sure VIP is already sold out, but some general admission tickets remain. Uh, part two of my interview with former CIA operative Brian Dean Wright. Really fascinating stuff is up on Rumble and Locals right now, uh, Rumble and YouTube right now. The full thing's up, of course, ad free at RubenReport.Locals.com. and uh, speaking of Twitter, Speaking of making people crazy, our cold clothes today is the scariest man in all of the world, the man who is sending us to space and giving us electric cars and now saving free speech, very, very scary, Elon Musk.